Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Well, 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 we are down to the Sweet 16 of March Madness. What a wild week of days of games from Thursday all the way through Sunday. Had some drama with Coach K. We had overtime buzzer beaters. We had the Cinderella's show their head and their face in this tournament. What a terrific first four days in the NCAA tournament. Welcome to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down here in Tampa. We've got a good episode for you to, uh, this week. We're going to talk to David Moulton. David uh, has been on the podcast before. David works uh, is a radio show host down in the Fort Myers area. He's also a Sirius XM host. He also works for the SEC on CBS as well as Fox NFL Sunday, maybe not much longer. We may have some news on that later in the podcast that you'll hear. But uh, good episode with Dave. We're going to talk to David about March Madness, the, the tournament. We're going to talk to him about NFL free agency, the carousel of the quarterback moves. The moves just keep on coming in the National Football League at the quarterback position. Uh, we're going to just go in-depth on all those moves. Devontae Adams traded to Las Vegas. Uh Khalil Mack traded, just some big moves as free agencies got underway as well. So, excellent uh, episode, and I'm gonna we're gonna start off. I'm gonna give you some of my thoughts about the tournament here after we take a short timeout. So we'll be right back. I'll give you a couple comments on the tournament brackets. I'll give you all the Sweet 16 games. I'll give you all my picks for the Sweet 16 and the Final Four. We'll be right back. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. Now a word from BetUS. With March Madness in full swing with Selection Sunday right around the corner. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, hopefully starting soon. We'll see about that. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may not know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades thriving and paying their loyal customer base. BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 1-800-MY-BETUS. You will receive 125% of a sign-up bonus by using the bonus code POWERS22. They have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports books for a lot of reasons. BetUS has all your NBA and NHL games, team and player props, PGA Tour events. We have the Masters coming up soon, March Madness. Anything you want to bet on here in the next couple of months, you can bet on through BetUS. They have a great online casino that has hundreds of games and a race book that has all of your horse track betting options. 
They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp Bet US mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Bet US. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid. Bet US. And remember my our special, your special promo code Powers22. Bet US where the games begin. Okay, let's get right to it. We are back on the Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember, if you need to uh, want to send us a note on Twitter at JPO Sports is the Twitter handle. Love to hear from you as we go throughout March Madness. We again, Sweet 16 is here. Thursday night games are we're gonna go. I'm gonna go th- region by region, give you my, the breakdown of the region, give you my analysis, and give you a pick for each region as we get to the head to the final four in New Orleans. Let's start up in the West region. Gonzaga, the one seed, they get through. They're going to see the, they get, were very much tested in round two versus a very valiant Memphis team. Memphis played very well. Penny Hardaway, shout out to my boy TJ Reeves and his Memphis Tigers. They took Gonzaga right down to the wire, but Gonzaga, give them credit, down double digits at halftime. Drew Timmy was awesome in the second half of that Memphis game, and they survived. And they will see see Arkansas. Arkansas kind of squeezed and shut down Teddy Allen from New Mexico State. And they won a rock fight against New Mexico State in round two. It's going to be in San Francisco, Gonzaga, Arkansas. And at the bottom half of that bracket, you're going to have Duke, who won a classic game versus Michigan State in round two on Sunday. They're going to see Texas Tech, who Texas Tech disposed of Notre Dame, who got all the way out of the... uh, the first four game in Dayton, they beat Rutgers in double overtime. They turn around and beat Alabama, and they have a late lead against Texas Tech and just kind of throw up on themselves late in the game with turnovers and missed free throws. But Texas Tech finds a way with their defense to get through to the Sweet 16 versus Duke. So we have Gonzaga, Arkansas, T-Tech, and Duke in San Francisco. Uh, I like... Gonzaga to route Arkansas. I don't like what I see with Arkansas offensively. They don't score very easily. Very much a struggle to score. I think Gonzaga will have too much offense for them with Timmy and with uh, Holmgren in the middle, and then Nemhart playing very well at the point. But I like so I like Gonzaga to comfortably get to the final eight. Texas Tech Duke is gonna could be a great game. Texas Tech again, great defensive team, probably the one or top two or three defensive teams in the whole tournament against a Duke team that can score. But I give Duke credit. They've been playing a little bit better defensively. They played some defense against Michigan State. They were down five with about five minutes to go, and those kids responded. I'm going to say Duke gets out of that game barely. I think it's going to be a very tight game in the low 60s. Uh, I think so. I'm going to get Duke out of the game, which is going to set up a classic final uh, Saturday night. In San Francisco, Gonzaga, Duke, obviously with all the uh, attention on Coach K in his last tournament. Um, I like Gonzaga to get to the Final Four. I think Gonzaga is going to score. It's going to be an up-and-down game. But I do like Gonzaga to get it done uh, in the West region to get to the Final Four. Let's go down to the East. In Philadelphia, 30 years after Christian Leitner in Philadelphia hits the buzzer beater against Kentucky. 
For all you young kids out there, look it up. The greatest college basketball game of all time, probably probably the greatest tournament game of all time. Kentucky Duke in 92 in Philadelphia in the spectrum. Vern Lundquist on the call. The miracle finish with Grant Hill's long pass to Leitner with the dribble spin and hits the hits the fadeaway jumper at the foul line at the gun to win a classic in overtime over Patino and Kentucky in Philadelphia 30 years ago, 1992. Similar, we have similar uh, circumstance here. We have two Blue Bloods playing in the Sweet 16, Carolina and UCLA. Carolina gets out of that top half of that bracket by beating Baylor in a classic Saturday in the, in the second round, blowing a 25-point lead. What a comeback by Baylor. You had Brady Manick with the flagrant foul elbow, which turned the entire momentum of the game, which led to Baylor making their run. I thought Carolina was dead when that game got to overtime with Baylor, but give Carolina credit. They got through the game. Got it. What a valiant effort by the defending national champions, Baylor. But Carolina gets through. UCLA methodically beats Akron and then uh, takes apart St. Mary's pretty convincingly. I was surprised they beat St. Mary's as easily as they did. But they beat St. Mary's. UCLA having to deal with Jaime Jaquez has got an ankle injury. We don't know what his status is. Um, I'm going to guess he's probably going to be able to play it to some level. But again, that UCLA defense is just a grinded out Tiger Campbell. You got Hawkes, Johnny Juzang, just a gritty, gutty team out of Westwood with Mick Cronin. You, again, you got offense and firepower of Carolina, no depth at Carolina versus the grinded out defensive style of play by UCLA. I think uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to take UCLA in a tight one. I think UCLA is going to find just enough offense. I think turnovers could be an issue for Carolina. The guard play wasn't great, um, but they do have good bigs. They got Baycott. They got Manic. I like UCLA in this game. Uh, four or five point win over North Carolina on in the Sweet 16. Bottom half of the bracket, you got Cinderella of epic proportions in St. Peter's. They they disposed of maybe the biggest upset in tournament history over Kentucky, a, a pretty loaded Kentucky team. Little St. Peter's from, from Jersey City, New Jersey. Shaheen Holloway, the former Seton Hall player who's probably going to be the new Seton Hall coach here as soon as St. Peter's gets eliminated. Uh, this, this, the current Seton Hall coach, Willard, went to Maryland. So don't be surprised if that's not announced in the day or two after St. Peter's is eliminated that Shaheen Holloway We'll go back down the street in the same state to Seton Hall. They've, they've got Purdue, who uh, d got got through Texas, a gutty Texas team. They beat Yale, got a pretty good draw. So I love Purdue in this game. I think Purdue's just got too much size, too much uh, offensive scoring for St. Peter's. But give St. Peter's credit. What a job. What a finish. Not only to beat Kentucky, but then turn around and beat another really good mid-major team in Murray State. Pretty convincingly, honestly, they were winning that game almost from start to finish. But I think the miracle run of St. Peter's and the Peacocks, the Peacocks, ends in Philadelphia to Purdue, which sets up a Purdue-UCLA regional final. I've been on Purdue the entire tournament. I'm not, going, I'm not shying away. I'm going to take Purdue to get to the Final Four. I think the size of uh, Williams and Edie is going to be a factor. 
You got uh, Jalen, the uh, point guard is an electric point guard. I think Purdue is gonna gonna just outscore UCLA. It's gonna be a you know a great a good game. Mick Cronin's a great defensive coach, but I think this is the time for Matt Painter and Purdue to get to their final four. So I got Purdue coming out of the East. Let's go to the South. You got Arizona, Houston, Michigan, Villanova. Again, maybe the the best first or second best game of the tournament was probably Arizona and Prop and TCU, excuse me, in round two on late Sunday night. What a game. Uh, Matherin hits a deep three with about 10 seconds left. Then there's a controversial uh, foul, no foul, no call at midcourt involving TCU, which leads to a near buzzer-beating layup by Arizona, which was caught, which is just a split second too late. Game goes to overtime. Arizona gets it done in overtime. Houston disposes of Illinois and my UAB Blazers. Uh, they they just lock down Illinois with Coburn and those guards. Again, maybe the toughest team left in the tournament is Houston with the, with the guttiness of Kelvin Sampson. Those kids play so hard, especially on the defensive end. Timely three-point shooting. I think Arizona's got too much offense. I think Arizona's going to be able to, to score enough to outscore Houston. So I think Arizona's going to advance to, a, to an Elite Eight. Bottom half of that bracket, you got Villanova, just the classic Villanova team. They, the fundamentals, they do all the they, they do all the little things great. Um, they don't have a star player. They got a, just a bunch of really good players. Gillespie, uh, Samuels, just a, a and Jay Wright leading that crew versus the the kind of the Cinderella Michigan. Michigan was an 11 seed, beat Colorado State, beat Tennessee, who a lot of people liked a lot. Dickinson, Diabate. Uh, my concern there is, is the is the guard play. Uh, their point guard is, was injured in the didn't play in the first game, and they got injured pretty early in, the, in game two. But they found a way to get through. Uh, but they're not going to be playing against chump guards. Gillespie and company at Villanova are professional guards, uh, meaning they play the game the right way. They make all the right decisions. They don't play out of control. I think Villanova is going to find a way to to get through. Dickinson could be the difference here. If Michigan wins this game, it's going to be because of Dickinson. One thing Villanova does not have is a ton of size. So that's the one area that they could they could potentially get exploited at with Dickinson and Diabate. But I think Villanova is going to figure out a way to get through the game. I do not think Jawan Howard should have been coaching in this tournament. You know, he's getting all the praise now for winning a couple games, but he should not have been coaching in this tournament following the incident with Greg Gard at Wisconsin. Should have been suspended for the entire remainder of the season, not just the five games of the regular season. But that's a different argument for a different day. But I do like Villanova in Arizona to meet up in San Antonio, where the South region is being held. Uh, I like Arizona to get to the Final Four in a good, really good game on uh, a really good, good game that you're going to see in the regional final, Arizona-Villanova. I think, uh, again, size and the guard play of Arizona. You need to get something out of Kerr Creesa. Did not play well in round two versus TCU coming off of an injury. But again, Matherin's a really good player. Coloco, they got some other bigs that are good players. Tommy Lloyd, the first-year coach, who's the Gonzaga assistant, um, doing a great job in Tucson. They, they kind of escaped their one game, which everybody thought, uh-oh, here's the game they're going to go down. They got out of that game against TCU on Sunday night. 
So I like Arizona to the Final Four out of the South region from San Antonio. Now to the Midwest in Chicago. Kansas, Providence, Iowa State, Miami. You have the two Cinderella teams in Iowa State and Miami. A 10 seed and an 11 seed. The Hurricanes under Larinaga disposed of Auburn. Great job. They dismantled Auburn. Uh, Miami's got some really good guards. They play a three-guard system uh, led by Charlie Moore. Kids played at four. Kids a six-year senior and played at four different schools, which is pretty uh, pretty incredible to think about from that perspective. Uh, Miami's a big team with the transfer portal. Got a lot of transfers. Laranega loves the transfer. Remember, Laranega is a great tournament coach. He's the one that led George Mason to the Final Four. Back in the days, this is Miami's third Sweet 16 under Laranega, which when you think about it for Miami basketball, to make the Sweet 16 three times in Laranega's uh, tenure, Laranega's probably been there nine years or so, nine, ten years. That's a great job by Miami and Laranega. Iowa State has come out of nowhere. They beat LSU. They beat Wisconsin in Milwaukee, which was kind of even the bigger upset. I thought Iowa State was going to beat LSU. LSU was going through all the turmoil with the coat, with Will Wade being whacked with the FBI tapes. But Iowa State, to beat Wisconsin in Milwaukee, that's a major accomplishment. This Iowa State team only won two games last year. Two. New coach. Coach is a former assistant, came from uh, UNLV. Uh, TJ something, not TJ Reeves, but TJ something. I don't know what it is. I can't. Olchen, Olcheneyer, or he's got a he's got a long weird last name, but doing a great job in in Ames uh, to get Iowa State to this point. I like Miami though. I think the guard play. I think this is this is a, a Laranega coaching them. I like Miami to the final eight there. <clears throat> and in the upper half of that bracket in Chicago, you got Kansas and Providence. Again, Kansas, the blue blood, get through pretty comfortably. Creighton gave him a pretty good game. Uh, give Creighton credit. Providence gets through South Dakota State, who lots of people thought was going to beat them in round one. Uh, Ed Cooley and company, very, very tough team. Very just resilient. A lot of veteran older players. Uh, they got lucky that Iowa got beat by Richmond, and they just thoroughly destroyed Richmond last Sunday, which I had that. From a, from a betting perspective, uh, but Providence, Kansas. I like Providence here. I think it's a, this is kind of the, the the Cinderella region here. I think Kansas is good, not great. I think they can be, you know, under, they can be handled. They can be maintained. They don't have any, Abaji's a really good player for Kansas. I get it, but I think Providence, the teamwork and the, and the cohesiveness of Providence, Ed Cooley, I like Providence to march on over Kansas to set up a Providence-Miami regional final. And I'm going Providence to get to the final four here. I think Providence is your Cinderella team uh, to get, to, even though they're not, a, they're a four seed, I get it. But a lot of people were downing, dissing uh, Providence, winning the Big East regular season. They didn't have to play the full complement of games, yada, yada, yada. Lost to Villanova twice, I get it. But I think Providence is going to find a way to get it done against Miami and be a, a, just a very good, Battle between Cooley and Laranega in the in the in the regional. Give me Providence to the Final Four, uh, which will set up a Arizona Providence Final Four versus Gonzaga and Purdue. I like Gonzaga to beat Purdue in the semifinal, and I would take Arizona to beat Providence in the other semifinal. 
And I think Gonzaga is going to cut down the nets on Monday night. The Mark Few versus his his ment- mentee, Tommy Lloyd, um, could face off in the final on Monday night in New Orleans. I like Gonzaga to beat Arizona in a final in New Orleans Monday night, April the 4th. Gonzaga finally wins their first national title. It will be a joyous, joyous night in Spokane as as well as in New Orleans for the Zags of Gonzaga. So I like Gonzaga over Arizona in the final. Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona, Providence to make the final four. We'll be back in just a minute with David Moulton from SiriusXM and the co-host of the Miller and Moulton radio show. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Folks, interest rates are rising. They are on the rise due to some inflationary issues, world events and such. So if you are in the market for a home, looking to buy, looking to uh, invest in an investment property, second home purchase, beach home, vacation type home, now is the time to get your rate locked in. Reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. Anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help you. So if you're looking for a place in Key West, in Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Pensacola, anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Let's get you pre-approved for your home purchase. Also, if you'd like to refinance your home, if your interest rate is in the fives or sixes or high fours, Now might be a great time to look at your options of whether to refinance would be beneficial to you financially. So again, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Feel free to call or text me anytime. I'd love the opportunity to help you anywhere in the state of Florida. Now back to the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. Glad you found us on all the various podcast platforms that you may be listening. Remember, you can reach me on Twitter at Sports. If you want to reach out and comment on what, you, what you're hearing, what you like, what, what you don't like, what you want more of, we'd love to hear from you. But without further ado, our guest this week is the very accomplished uh, radio host. He's a spotter. He works all over the country in all different, all different walks. He's the co-host of Miller and Moulton syndicated radio show. He's also a host on Sirius XM. He's the voice of Florida Gulf Coast. And he even does a little work for CBS and Fox during the football season. So welcome back to the podcast, one David Moulton. Wow. I have to admit, you make me sound like I have a career. <laughs> You're doing all right, man. <laughs> Just, you know, it'd make my mom very happy to hear that introduction. I have to admit, would make her think all that time and effort was worth it. You're doing all right, man. All right. So first question. How's your bracket looking? Oh, for goodness sakes. Really? We're <laughs> going to start there? Okay. Listen, it, nobody wants to hear about anybody else's bracket. It's kind of like hearing about somebody else's fantasy team. Uh, I will say this. I had decided three weeks before the tournament, Kentucky was winning it all. So you can imagine how my bracket is. But we all have coaches and teams that we have sworn off. We are never going to go down this road again. Now, I have sworn off any team coached by Rick Barnes, so that (laughs) continues to work for me. Yes. But I had sworn off any team coached by Fran McCaffrey. 
And I went back on my word this one time because I thought this was the Iowa team that plays a little bit of defense and they can score 75 against everybody. And this team, look at the bracket. They're going to go on a nice little run. Right. So that's it. That's all you need to know. Okay. (laughs) About me and my bracket. I had Kentucky win it all. And I rode (laughs) Iowa pretty hard. So basically, let's see. I was done uh, Thursday and the tournament started <laughs> Thursday. Thursday. Right. There you go. Okay. Well, I, I, I fell in the Iowa trap with you as well. I, I fell oh, in love with that run That's and, it. Oh, God. that's it. You Crazy. bet Jim, La- you bet Jim Laranega because the guy knows how to win in the tournament, three sweet 16s at Miami. And of course we know what he did at George Mason. Some coaches know how to win in March yeah, and some can't find March if we send them to a St. Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> That's a great line. Golly. One. All right, let's let's start there. You're you're in that neck of the woods down in Fort Myers. Is is there some excitement down there in South Florida about the hurricanes? Um, I think more surprise than excitement. But when you look at it, I, and I will say this, Jason, I had the winner of USC Miami going to the Elite 8 because I just thought it was a soft bracket. Wisconsin right. didn't end the season that well. Auburn ended it horribly. They were the two and the three. And I thought, you know, whoever wins now, I thought USC was going to beat Miami and I had them going to the elite eight, but I did think the little soft spot in the pod here. And now here's Miami facing an 11 seed to go to the elite eight. And you, this is how, this is how runs happen. You take care of your business and the bracket opens up in front of you. And here you go. And you made a great point about Larinaga, great tournament coach. Obviously, we yes. know back in his George Mason run back 10, 10, 11 years ago, but he's always been a very competitive coach, gotten the most out of his guys. Well, and Jason, here's the other thing. First off, he's taken three Miami teams to the Sweet 16, and all three of them, his top scorers were transfers. So his most effective style of coaching is now college basketball in the 2020s. So I don't know how much longer he's going to coach. But with the kind of school Miami is, with the way he likes to run the program, the the current style of coaching and putting a program together fits fits him uh, very well. And think about it. We didn't have a 2020 tournament, Jason. So in the last eight, well, I guess it would be nine. In the last nine NCAA tournaments, he's taken Miami to three Sweet 16s. That's great. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right, going back to Kentucky. A lot of people think that might be the biggest upset in the history of the tournament. Bigger, even bigger than UMBC over Virginia because Virginia didn't have their best player when they beat them. Right. They DeAndre Hunter was hurt, a lottery pick. Uh, it's up there. When you consider there's only been 10 15s to beat a two, and then obviously UMBC. So by seeding, it's one of the 11 biggest. But when you look at at who it is that the yes. 15s and the 16s beat. Clearly, this is the bluest blood of them all. It's certainly top five. It's probably top three. And Jason, what's so remarkable and why we love sports is forget the obvious. If you just looked at St. Peter's offensively, they were in the bottom 25% of the nation offensively. Yeah, And yet they didn't win a 54-53 game against Kentucky. They <laughs> shot over 50% from the field and over 50% from beyond the arc. And they were one of the 15, bottom 15 percentile 
of offensive efficiency teams in the country. Right. Right. And then you put those numbers along with 86% from the free throw line. It talk about a team that statistically just, you know, this was their Villanova versus Georgetown game when they beat Kentucky. It really was. Are you surprised that Calipari's not feeling a little more heat? You know, you you look at the stats, Calipari hasn't been to a final four in seven years. I know. you know, he, he gets, he gets all the accolades for recruiting, but X's and O's on the court. Eh, eh. Well, the there's no doubt. Eyes, there's no eh. doubt his now, if you look at, you know, his average wins per year, it's like close to 30 and, but there's no doubt his success, Jason has happened in the first half of his tenure at Kentucky when he went to the four final fours in five years. And that all happened in his first six years on the job. And he hasn't gone back since, so, but Jason, you do have to ask yourself this question. If not John Calhoun, this is, this is the biggest job in the sport. This is head coach of Notre Dame football. Okay. It's more than a job. It just is. I mean, big blue nation is a real thing. Oh yeah. And, and so who can handle being the CEO of Kentucky basketball? And then, Oh, by the way, being the recruiter and the coach along with it. It is not a job for someone who you are not convinced is a Hall of Famer. I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm just I'm a little surprised that he's not he's not gotten a little more heat for again. This isn't the first time he's lost in the first or second round to major league inferior talent in teams over the last four or five years. Can't disagree with a word that you said, but you if you're Kentucky for as unhappy as you are, you do have to ask yourself, okay. If we're ever going to move on from him, who the <laughs> heck is it going to be? I mean, this would be this would be the equivalent of over the next six years, Nick Saban doesn't win anything at Alabama. True. And that's doesn't good, come super comparison. close to. And then you're going, OK, we're getting eh, that's great. But now who? <laughs> and, you know, seriously, because now you might say Dabo because he's from there and all that. But you know what I mean? Right. I mean, you're thinking of replacing John Calipari. That ain't that ain't a bit that ain't a Billy Gillespie job. No, I mean you need to find the next Bill Self is right. what you need to find. Or you Jay need to Wright, find a guy like Jay Wright. Totally. Yeah, you need to find a guy in his 40s that you're convinced 15, 20 years from now right. is going to be like the dean of college basketball. Let's go to Juwan Howard in Michigan. What were your thoughts on when all that stuff happened a month or so back? You think he should have been able to coach the rest of the year? I didn't. I thought he should have been should have been suspended for the remainder of the year, however many games that ended up being. But they've made a nice run. They've got Villanova. Just your thoughts on Michigan and Juwan Howard? My recommendation was rest of the year. Uh, certainly, see, I didn't want to put it. That's not true. I I was fine with him coaching in the NCAA tournament. I didn't think he should be coaching in the big 10 tournament because I didn't think he should be on the sideline. If Michigan played Wisconsin again. Right. So maybe my caveat would have been, he could coach in the big 10 tournament unless they play Wisconsin. (laughs) All right. You know, as crazy as that sounds. Right. Um, By the way, last 10 years, NCAA tournament, you know, how many schools have won more tournament games in Michigan in the last 10 years? Not many, less than a handful. Gonzaga. Wow. That's it. Gonzaga. And Michigan has been the Big Ten school that has consistently delivered in the tournament in the last 10 years. And they got players. They've never been a shortage for players at Michigan. Never been a shortage. No question about it. 
Is CBS begging for Saturday night about 9.30? Duke Gonzaga, prime time? Yeah, I'm sure they're a little disappointed that they're not actually in the Friday-Sunday bracket. I think they'd love for about 7 o'clock Sunday to have Duke uh, in a region final. Duke and Carolina have never played in the NCAA tournament. They came right. a game away right. from playing in the 91 championship game. Right. All right. But Duke did their part, but Carolina was favored and lost to Roy Williams in Kansas. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're two wins away from meeting in the final four. I don't think it'll happen. In fact, I think Duke has a better chance of losing to Texas tech than yep. they do of getting to the final four, but um, we'll say yep. Hubert Davis playing six guys, but he's got at least three pros amongst those six. Yep. And he, the, when we look back at this Carolina season, Duke did them the biggest solid in the world by humiliating them in Chapel Hill in February. And since then, it took them a couple of weeks to get their bearings. But the last two weeks of the regular season, conference tournament, here we are. They're playing to their talent. No doubt about it. No doubt. It, like you said, give Duke and Gonzaga both credit because they were both on the ropes in round two. Memphis had Gonzaga down double digits and Duke sure. down five with about five minutes to go against Izzo and Michigan State. So give both those programs and those coaches credit for getting their guys back in the game. And you got to admit, a lot of pressure on the players from Duke. I mean, they're not just playing for themselves now. They've got Coach K's career yep. on their shoulders when everybody that they know wants it to continue. Who, who do you think wins it all? <laughs> not Kentucky. Uh, not Kentucky. <laughs> no, not, not Kentucky. Um, I guess at this point, you know what? Lately, we've had teams that haven't won win yeah in a lot of sports uh so you know what give me arizona a pac-12 team hasn't won it in 25 years and it was arizona in 97 so what the heck they had their second round scare they did uh should have lost that was a foul at the end of regulation the tcu kids should have gone to the line to win the game but hey they got through it just like they got through a first and second round scare the year they won it I got gotcha. you. I, I got Gonzaga, but I, I got Arizona in the final with Gonzaga. So hopefully it's one of the two will win their fir first title in a long time. First ever and, for Gonzaga potentially. And also Arizona's head coach was Fuse's yeah. right-hand guy for over <laughs> 20 years and took the Arizona job this year. So that That's would cool. be something. That would be. All right, let's transition to the NFL. Did you know John Clayton at all? Yes. In fact, I did a few shows with him at Sirius XM. Went up to him and introduced myself to him two years ago. Yeah. Was it two or three years ago in the NFL playoffs? Uh, we were both at a game in Green Bay, Seattle at Green Bay. And he was sitting over by himself having coffee in the hotel lobby. And I went over and introduced myself and tried not to embarrass myself to say, you know, I'm one of those that, you know, have watched you from afar. Big fan. We actually did a show together you know, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I did a few shows with John Clayton on Sirius XM. Yeah. Good guy. Terrible, terrible loss to that, to, to the NFL profession. Well, Clayton for the NFL, I think was Peter Gammons for baseball in terms of the tremendous writer nuggets who then, you know, Will McDonough was the first right. Boston globe, NFL on right. NBC and all that, but then Gammons and Clayton, you know, Kirch in a close second in baseball, but you know, they were the guys who had the faces for radio who were <laughs> longtime, you know, writers 
who brought their contacts, their credibility, their knowledge to television and made like them covering the beat a good solid two, three minute segment on television. And we all went, yeah, all right. I like that. Instead of having to, instead of having to read it in the Seattle post intelligencer or whatever it was, or the Boston globe, you know, we got to see it on ESPN and it was like, wow, this guy knows everybody. And, you know, he was a hall of fame voter. He was one of the 49 in the room and, and all that. And so, um, you know, he really, he, he paved the way for a lot of people. And the one thing that, you know, I found to be true the handful of times I worked with him, but he never big timed anybody. In fact, he was very helpful to just about everybody's path that he crossed who needed help. And believe me, when I tell you that is damn near the exception, not the rule in this business. No, I agree. Super guy. And, one of the greatest ESPN promo commercials ever made right there oh. sitting in the bed there. <laughs> well, it, I'll tell you what, I we all have our favorites, but it was either John Clayton Slayer, you know, or <laughs> it was Charlie Steiner yes. with the bandana and the <laughs> lamp. Follow me, follow me to freedom. Yes. You know, to me, you know, they're both, Gold or silver photo finish. I agree with you. It's fantastic. All right. NFL carousel. We have a play. Every day, it seems like a new guy's going to a new place. Well, not just a new guy, Jason. It's quarterbacks that are going to a new place. These aren't corners. We're not trading wide receivers. To my count, there's at least nine teams with new quarterback situations. From Denver to Cleveland to Carolina to Atlanta. Seattle, San Francisco, Indy, Washington, Pittsburgh. I mean, from Russell Wilson a couple of weeks ago, we thought that was the big one. Then Deshaun Watson blockbuster that we all thought he was going to Atlanta and he comes out of nowhere. He's going to Cleveland, you know, Wentz again, yesterday, Matt Ryan, just your thoughts on the whole carousel, which move do you think is really the move that's going to pay big dividends? Ooh, uh, well, Brady coming back to Tampa, yeah. believe it. Yeah. No, no, no. And I'm not making light here because, I, I mean, as you know, from where you're based and, you know, the Bucks. how long would it be till they go back to being the Bucks? I mean, come on now, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. About 10 well, minutes. You know, I mean, do we really think that playoff Lenny and everybody else is re-signing nope. if Tom and Giselle are still traveling the world? Nope. I don't think so. So, you know, I really think because also, as we've seen, the NFC, which was the weaker of the two conferences, is now being further and further depleted. I mean, think about this. Matt Ryan was no worse than the sixth best quarterback in the NFC before yesterday. If you think about it, in whatever order you want to put him in, Rodgers, Brady, Stafford, Dak. Right. And then you're debating number five between Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. Right. So, you know, think maybe about Kyler that. Murray, maybe Kyler Murray, maybe. Ooh, boy. Maybe. I don't, maybe, maybe from fantasy purposes, maybe. I don't know about reality purposes, sure, but okay. Sure. So, I mean, think about that also. I mean, the one conference which is already tipping the boat like this mm-hmm. just took, say, the fifth best quarterback and said, we're going to add it. And yet, most people think that. Here's the Colts who have won 20 games over the last two years. They had the fifth best conference uh, quarterback from the NFC. And most people are like, yeah, I guess that'll help a little bit. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, that's how loaded the AFC is. He might be eighth or ninth in the AFC now. Clearly. Well, here, if the Colts got shifted to the AFC West and it became a five-team division, is 37-year-old Matt Ryan better than any starting quarterback in the no. AFC West? No. Okay. So there you go. So there's four. Deshaun you know, do Watson's we want to five? Well, Deshaun Watson's five, Joe Burrow's six, at, you know, the guy Josh in Buffalo seven. Yep. Uh, so now we're talking he's no better than eight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on his best day, he's eight. That's right. And what's crazy is the number one seed in that AFC Tennessee, they might not even make the playoffs potentially. Well, It'll be a terrific fight between Tennessee and Indianapolis. I will say this. The Colts have not won that division since 2014. So they've been a bit of a pretender in the AFC South. Meanwhile, the Titans have had six straight winning seasons. I think there's only one other team in the league that's had six straight winning seasons. And I believe it's Kansas City. Right. So underestimate the Titans at your own peril. I one agree with that. I, oh, they do a hell of a job. Grable's a hell of a coach. Uh, keep this in mind, though. AFC South plays AFC West this year as its crossover <laughs> division. Now, they do play NFC East. So, you know, they try the NFL tries to kiss and make up. But, right. I mean, how Tennessee and Indianapolis do in their four games in the AFC West could determine right. who wins that division. All right, let's go to Green Bay, place you're very familiar with, been there a bunch. If I could just stop and throw this out there. With everything that has happened, don't you think if you had to bet money right now, I mean, the Chiefs have hosted four straight AFC championship games. Wouldn't you have to bet that right now the AFC championship game will be in Buffalo? Yeah, because they're, the, they're making some very nice little subtle moves as well. Well, and they're already heads and shoulders above everyone yes. else in their division. They've clearly gotten better. Yep. And because of the division they're in versus – the other, I mean, the North and the West are going to crush each other. Right. Yes. So right now, and you know, when you looked at the bills on paper last year, you wondered how the hell did they lose six games. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. so you would think this is the time when the bills, you know, Jason, you and I are old enough to remember kind of the nineties and particularly in the NFC, you had to pay your dues, right? You know, you first yet everybody you had to do this and Buffalo kind of reminds me of green Bay. You know, Green Bay got Favre, Buffalo got Josh Allen. Well, Green Bay was able to make the playoffs in 92, 93. They'd win a game, lose, lose to the Cowboys. Dallas, lose okay. The then, and the, right. And then in 94, they won, uh, you know, a game or they lost to the Niners. 95, they beat the Niners, lose to the Cowboys. Right. And then by 96, fifth time knocking on the door, it was like, this is our turn. Right. And if you think about it, this is the, will be year five of a five-year run for Buffalo, which started with sneaking into the playoffs in 2017. And now they've been knocking on the door. Yep. And, and so, and Green Bay was what, 96? The number one seed. They made sure that everything went through Lambeau that year. Right. right. And I kind of have that feeling right now about Buffalo. You're like, you know, I know that conference is brutal, but Buffalo may just put themselves here and let everybody else destroy each other. Like It's like the Pistons in the NBA when they finally climbed the mountain. They got over the Celtics and then all the Lakers. Right. Yep. 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 
and and they and the Buffalo's lost some heartbreakers too. It's not like they've been blown out in the playoffs. They've Ooh. lost heartbreakers. They yep. blew, you know, all the way back to blowing the the big lead in Houston a few years back in the playoffs as well. All right, Green Bay. A Rod comes back. Everybody thinks oh, everything's going to be good here in Green Bay, and all of a sudden, because Aaron Rodgers, whether whether you want to believe it or not, takes all the money doesn't leave enough for everybody else. And I know Devontae Adams wanted to get out West, but that was a major blow to that team with Devontae Adams being shipped out West. Well, they're not going to adjust to that right away. But I will say this, Rodgers, if you go back two years ago, Jason, he had no rapport with anybody who wasn't named Devontae Adams. Right. And he developed for a little bit of rapport without this scantling. And he made Bobby Tanyan a weapon. And he does such a great job of controlling a game at the line of scrimmage, a la Peyton Manning. I think it it will be they'll lose a few more regular season games than they have been. I don't think they get, you know, go 14 and three, 13 and four, like they've been doing. I could see them winning that division at 11 and six, but I think by the end of the season that Rogers, cause he knows he has to, he's going to have to trust his young guys, endure some mistakes. He may throw a key pick six in a game when he thought the receiver was zigging and instead right. he zagged. Right. Okay. And he's the goat for a week and he's got to keep his mouth shut. But I think that in the NFC, they'll still win their division. They'll have a top three seed at worst mm-hmm. and they'll be there in the divisional round and they'll still be a force. Remember, their defense, and I know they're losing a key player or two, but their defense in that playoff loss to the Niners gave up 212 total yards. Oh, played great. It's, it's better than people think. And, you know, there's no more excuses, though, for Aaron. He, no. There's nobody else left to blame. No. Nope. There's nobody else. I mean, say what you want in the playoff game. He had the ball, tw- he had the ball with four minutes to go, 10 to 10, and went three and out. Oh, no, there, he played badly. If that was his last game <laughs> in were, Green you Bay. You were there, correct? Yeah, there. no, I mean, and yeah. he had a receiver on a deep Lazar, middle. still running. Still wide running. open, and he decided to throw it deep into double coverage to Devontae, and if he throws it over the middle to the guy, he would just normally go, oh, he's open. All right, that's a 30-plus yard gain. They're out near midfield. They probably drive down, and they kick the field goal at the gun to win. So, yeah, he did not play well in the second half. He played like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. The one guy we all thought was going to have all the the leverage and all that going into the offseason one, Jimmy Garoppolo, still without a home. Where do you think he ends up? San Francisco. And I think the Niners look around and, and go, you know, with Jimmy G, we think we can win a Super Bowl because we damn near did it last year. And we think we'll be better this year. And quite frankly, we can't win a Super Bowl with Trey Lance, at least not yet. Here's the other thing to remember about the Niners. And I understand it's a different regime. But 10 years ago, when they made the Super Bowl, Alex Smith took him to the NFC title game the year before. They brought him back. Yep. And a second-year quarterback named Colin Kaepernick came yep. off the bench midseason and supplanted Alex Smith and took him to the Super Bowl. What now here it is, Jimmy G, NFC title game last year, second year quarterback in Trey Lance, who by the way they gave up a lot more to get than they did Colin Kaepernick so many years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I think they start with Jimmy G. He doesn't play 17 games hardly at all. So Trey Lance is insurance. Yep. And quite frankly, Jason, 
he's $24, $25 million, which for a quarterback is affordable. So, and if you're the Niners, all right, now that everybody's made their moves, I mean, what are you going to do? Send them in the division to Seattle for a fourth round pick, send them to Carolina for a third. Why don't you just keep them and try to get back to the Super Bowl? And worst case scenario, if Trey Lance plays great the first six, seven weeks, you trade Garoppolo at the trade deadline to somebody that needs somebody. You could, or you could just keep him as the backup. And I believe if you were to lose him in free agency, you'd probably end up with a compensatory pick down the road, which would be similar to right. probably what you'd get for him now. Right, right. Uh, great, good, great point. And plus, he's if Lance doesn't work out, if you're going to go with Lance, he's the best insurance policy in the league. Well, listen, if Garoppolo's not dealt here by the draft, I think they're going with Garoppolo. Jason, I know this for a fact. The guys love him. He is the unquestioned leader of that team and the room. Trey Lance not only has to overcome him on the field, he's got to overcome him in the huddle and in the room. It will be a big setback to the Niners if Jimmy G is just dismissed because, well, it's Trey's turn. The veterans are like, uh, not yet. It's not. <laughs> All right. You listen to the powers on sports podcast. I'm Jason along with David Moulton, a co-host of Miller and Moulton syndicated radio show, Sirius XM host, Florida Gulf coast. How about your Florida Gulf coast Eagles? Your ladies getting to the second round of the tournament. Third time ever. They're still a little small. They're still a little too, you know, pat them on the head, little engine that could, but. Uh, They play a unique style. They're an analytics team in which all they do is shoot threes or layups. They (laughs) nothing in between. And he's, and he's coached this way for 20 years. He was well ahead of the curve. If you love analytics, you know, basically how most NBA teams are trying to play. Yeah. That's how this little school in Southwest Florida plays basketball. You know, I mean, if they want to get to the highest level, they need some better players, but they're winning about 27 to 30 games every year on their own. That's not too bad, but uh, it was a rough college hoop season in the state of Florida though. It really was. It really was. All right. Best new coaching hire in the league. You got McDaniel, you got Eberflus, you got Dayball, you got McDaniels in Vegas. What coaching hire do you really think, Hey, that, that this team can make a big jump this year. I don't know about this year. I do like what the Giants put together because the coach and the GM came from the same place. And a winning place. And I do think that we have a lot of situations that when we look back, like John Lynch and and Kyle Shanahan came in together six years ago. They're joined at the hip. You know, look at what's been done in Buffalo. While they didn't come in together, McDermott was there for a year, but McDermott basically handpicked the general manager. Why? Because he was with him in Carolina. He knew him. He knew they could work together. So I do like that situation for the Giants. I just don't think it's going to be an immediate turnaround. Um, Believe it or not, I think the McDaniel hire has a chance – if one of these guys is going to hit big year one, I actually think it's Miami. I really do. First off, the quarterback play has to be better. And I don't expect them to start one and seven. So I think, 
And if the North and the West are beating the you-know-what out of each other, right. there's a chance, just like this past year, when New England snuck in as a second-place team as a wild card. Yep. You know, the, the Dolphins don't underestimate back-to-back winning seasons. They haven't done that in almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. So the fact they've won 10 and 9 games the last two years, I think if I had to bet on the Dolphins either going plus 1 or plus 2 or minus 1 or minus 2, I think I'd push – plus yep because they kept the whole defensive staff right they kept the dc yeah which is interesting because there was a little grumbling at the end of the year whether he was the right guy or not but so far the coach on the best honeymoon of the new hires is mcdaniel everybody loves them the free agents love them the talk around the league so all right let's see let's play some games and see if it counts for real uh in terms of improvement wins one year to the next don't you think it has to be Jacksonville? You would think. I mean, if yep. they go from two to six, that's <laughs> going to be tough to beat. Yeah. No, you're right. That's uh, just getting all that odor out of the room, all that stench is probably going to be a massive improvement for that. And I think, again, I think you're right. I think you'll see Trevor Lawrence, his mind open and just the freedom of not being feel like he's being suffocated. I think he'll play much better in year two. Eli Manning's rookie year. Was inserted midway through the season. He lost his first six starts. Final yep. game of the year, they played the Cowboys at home. He played really well, and they won. Yep. Next year, they win 11 games in the NFC East. Yep. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence and the Jags are going to win 11 games in the South this year, but Trevor had a rough rookie year. Last game of the season yep. against the Colts, they changed things up. All right, the interim head coach didn't call the plays. He let Brian Schottenheimer call the plays, and instead he just coached, and Trevor Lawrence was a different quarterback, and he had his best game of the year, and they pounded the Colts, and they go into the offseason, and now he's going to have better players around him. Yep. So I would expect a, a really solid year two I agree. from Trevor and Peterson- after a really shaky year one. Peterson's a professional coach. He knows how to run an organization and coach the quarterbacks as well. All right, a couple more things to get you out of here. What are you, what are your thoughts on the combine in general? Just the general combine itself. You think it's beneficial? Is it more just a, you know, meat market or what, what are your thoughts on the combine? Well, it's become just a made for TV event. And everybody that I've talked to said that really the only thing beneficial from the combine are the medicals. And I wonder then, I mean, the combine is not going to go away because the NFL network needs programming. Right. But I feel badly for these teams because the combine used to have real value and now it doesn't. These pro days have no value to these teams. <laughs> no, no, they do. I mean, if these teams can't throw them in the deep end themselves and right. work them out themselves, I mean, these guys are everything scripted. It's everyone they know. It's right. ideal conditions. It's shorts and a t-shirt. I mean, you're going to make your judgment about a franchise quarterback off this 90 minute workout. Right. You know, I, I think the NFL is getting dangerously close to once the senior bowl is done, Jason, I really don't know if there's anything of value over the next three months between the senior bowl and the draft. No, you're right. And as we're, as we're taping this, Kenny Pickett's having his pro day. Malik Willis is having, and that's the big position, obviously, is the quarterbacks of because this is a a down year allegedly for the quarterback position. So you know somebody's going to reach and jump up and get one of these guys that maybe shouldn't be drafted where they're getting drafted. 
Well, at this moment in time, Pickett will be the first quarterback taken. Willis will be the second. And Ritter from Cincy will be the third. And the folks I talked to just today think that there will only be three quarterbacks taken in the first round. But, yeah. Jason, let's just very quickly think about what a crapshoot this is. What was it, four years ago? Baker goes one. Yeah. Sam Darnold, go, he's, you know, give it an hour. He'll no longer be with the team who drafted him first overall. Right. Didn't get a second contract from the team. that dra- Sam Darnold lasted three years with the team who traded up to draft him third. Josh Rosen, complete bust at 10. Josh Allen at seven's a star. And Ozzie Newsom traded back into the first round to take Lamar at 32. Right. So five first-round quarterbacks, they were trying to compare it to the class of 83 and the class of 04. Remember when right. that draft was right. taken, they were trying to compare it to Elway Marino and to Eli Phillip and Ben. Right. Three out of the five looked to be, you know, and it's very interesting, by the way, Lamar's contract situation doesn't right. have an agent negotiating himself. I mean, be they careful, didn't just Lamar. Turn, be careful. Well, well, but also be careful Baltimore because they didn't just turn the offense over to him. They changed their offense for him. I mean, if it's not Lamar, look what happened. He got hurt. They went for the one seed to missing the playoffs. Yeah. All right. Last thing I'll get you out of here. The huge news out of Bristol last week. People, you know, very well. <laughs> Backed up the Brinks truck. Yes, they did. <laughs> My boys got paid. Your boys got paid. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Al Michaels getting paid by him and Herb Street getting paid by Amazon. Just what are your thoughts of the general thoughts of the, the amounts of dollars that are being paid to these broadcast teams by these networks? Well, here's what you really need to know. Because most everyone listening doesn't think that these guys are deserving of the money. But the NFL does. Because these networks would not be spending this kind of money were it not for the NFL going, "Mm, man, I don't know about that Monday night football broadcast. All right. right. You guys, I mean, I know you're paying us $2.7 billion, but you keep asking for more games from us. And uh, I don't know that that boat's not doing it for us. You sure you can't do better than that. Yeah. And so ABC finally said, no, okay, fine. You want better. We'll get you better. You know, what are we negotiation? Well, Jason, <laughs> when you think about it, if you're spending 2.7 billion just B. to have the rights to broadcast the game, B, yeah. B, 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 you know, let's divide 33 million in, which is Joe making 15 and Troy making 18. That's reportedly what they're making. Take 33 million and tell me what percentage it is of 2.7 billion. Well, quick math, 270 million is 10%, 27 million is 1%, right? Right. So about one and a quarter. So, uh, you know, yeah, 1.2, you know, is, is that, is my math right? 2.7 billion. Yeah, 270 million be 10. So 27 million. Yeah. So when they sit down and they do their budget and you figure in costs of travel and the games and this, that, and the other thing, uh, Troy and Joe are costing them 1% of their budget, 1%. My of their annual is, budget. My question is, what's the spotter getting? Did he get a big raise? <laughs> Just a little less. A little less. 
Can we I, break some news? Are you going with Troy and Troy and uh, Joe? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm definitely be with Monday Night Football. The only Good question you, is: man. Is there any room left for me at Fox on any of the crews? And uh, it doesn't look like it. So, uh, so my two games a week will go from Saturday Sunday to Saturday Monday. Good for you, man. Now, so, now you get to watch. Now you can actually watch games on Sunday. I can, I can. It'll be awesome. Now, do you typically? Do you do you typically? And I don't think I've ever asked this. Do you are you typically involved in the production meetings at all? Well. I hadn't been because I usually I couldn't get there in time. Okay. Like the production meetings would be Saturday That's night. Right. I'd be doing That's the right. SEC on CBS. But my thought is is that I probably will be in the production meetings as they usually happen around dinner time on Sunday. There you go. Now you'll be so, able to really drop some nuggets, well, accumulate some more data. In, Jason, in, forget in, the nuggets. Okay, it's Disney will be buying dinner. That's that's <laughs> the key. And you <laughs> I mean, won't be staying at the Holiday Inn. Right. Who cares about, you know, oh, wow, that's a really good stat. I mean, you know, let's let's face facts. You know, <laughs> the, the big the big folks are going to eat well and the peons that tag along with them will then eat well with them. <laughs> well, on that note, we will get you out of here. Congratulations right. on, the, on the new hire. Think still, everything's still good with CBS. What? Yes. Two more years. Two more years. Yep. SEC on CBS. Yep. Yep. Good. Uh, for year, you, year 17 coming up. Basically, when we're done, it's as if we graduated high school. There you go. Man. We will have done 18 years, Gary and I. So that's awesome. Well, congratulations. Keep up the great work, David. Tell everybody where right. you find you online and promote the sh- your radio show. MillerandMolton.com. Uh, the show is uh, in the Tampa St. Pete market. It is in the Port Charlotte Venice market. It is also in the Lake City market on the radio, but you can download the show millerandmolten.com. Podcasts are posted. It's a morning show, 6 to 10 a.m. Podcasts posted usually between 11 and noon. And I'm sure you will see Dave throughout the here the, now between now and August, Sirius XM hosting stuff on NFL, the NFL channel and, and other places, I'm sure. And uh, congratulations to your Eagles for making a second round appearance in the tournament. There you go. There and, you uh, go. Keep up the great work, my man, and we will talk soon, okay? All right, Jason, as always, thanks. And to your audience, thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.